We thank you for this time, Lord, that we have together to share in communion, to remember, to remember you. We do this this morning in remembrance of you, as your word says, remembering what you have provided for us, remembering what you've done for us and released in us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, hallelujah. Well, this morning we're going to take communion. We don't always do this on a Sunday morning, but um, as I was preparing this message, you know, Easter is a time really to celebrate what Christ has done for us. Uh, We get to celebrate it every day, every single day, 24-7. But uh, today I just felt that as we take communion, that God would just um, enlighten us, give us greater revelation in what he's done for us individually. Because when you know what God's done for you, you have something to give to somebody else. And so as we take communion, I want to read to you from Luke chapter 22. Jesus, uh, when the hour had come, he sat down with his 12 apostles, it says. And and it says, he took the cup, gave thanks, and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then likewise, he took the cup after supper. This cup is the new covenant. Would you all say new covenant? New covenant. The new covenant in my blood, which was shed for you. And he passed those elements and they all partook. And then he gave his life for every one of them. And not just for them, but for us. It says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. I want to read to you uh, God's purpose in all of that. God's purpose in Christ having to go to the cross was for his blood for the blood that would not just cover sin but cancel its assignment against God's people would stop it would stop sin's ability to destroy on that day that was accomplished it's done it's finished Jesus said and for this reason God said that the the covenant the first covenant it says in, in Hebrews chapter 8, had been if it had been faultless, there would be no place to have sought for a second. But God, finding fault, says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because it, they did not regard my covenant, and I disregarded them, said the Lord. But this is the covenant. Everybody say, this is my covenant. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind, write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Everybody say, praise God. Praise God. In that, he says, a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. That doesn't mean it didn't exist. It just says it's no longer effective. There's something better. And then it says, now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. But Christ, it says in chapter 9, verse 11, came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, 
he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. It says in chapter 10, he sat down because it was finished. And then it says in verse 15, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. By means of death, he had to die to establish it for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Turn to your name and say, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. And this is, this is probably one of my very favorite scriptures concerning what Christ has done. It's in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. But he, Jesus, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not going to change his mind about you ever, 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 never. And then it says, therefore, he is also able. Everybody say, he is able. To save to the uttermost. Oh, I love that word. Uttermost. I looked it up. This is what it says. Extreme, maximum, ultimate. And what God said to me was, because I see so many young people and hurting people and they're locked up in a prison of their mind. Drugs, alcohol, things that that I know they can't get free of unless the power of God moves into their life. They're not going to reason away those demons, only the power of God. And, And when I've called on God about those situations, he said, I'm able to save to the uttermost. That means he can go in a prison. He can go in a hospital. He can go where they're laying in filth. That, that, that one son that came home laying in that pig pen, he can get there to the uttermost. He won't leave one part of us undone. He save us through and through. Isn't that good news today? I love that scripture. And then it says, he can save to the uttermost. Those who come to God, we have to come to God through Christ. Only way is Jesus, since he always lives to make intercession for us. He's making intercession for you today, right now, whatever you need. This covenant that we're going to celebrate has already been established. Has nothing to do with you. Has everything to do with him. Has to do with his body that was broken and his blood that was given. So today as we take this bread, believe God for whatever you have need of today. Because he wants to give it to you. For healing, whatever you have need of, let's eat together and believe for that need to be met. In Jesus' name. And likewise, this cup what we have to remember is this cup has to do with new covenant new covenant when you read the word of God and you read the new covenant what we're celebrating today in remembrance of him is that the new covenant is true it is fulfilled through this blood and nothing can change it nothing will ever change it let's drink hallelujah father we thank you would you just pass your cups to the end of the rose father in Jesus name I thank you for every person here. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that doesn't just cover but eradicates every stronghold in Jesus' name sitting here today. We are free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I want us to stand and sing this one more time. You are, you are, you are my refuge. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this song. You know, I just, I I am so excited about who God is and the fact that he is able And he chose all of us to flow his power, his anointing through to change this world for Jesus. And uh, I'm I'm excited about what God's doing in this church. The message is that we're to love the lost. 
you know, that God would give us a heart to love the lost. I've been in Mexico for, I was there last weekend for four days, and um, that's what we did. We loved the lost. We loved those that had been found. We loved those that were lost, and, and hopefully they all were found. And uh, God did a great work there, and it just always in, encourages me that he can take us in whatever state we're in, as long as our heart is pure toward God, and he can flow his anointing through us to change people's lives from a distance. You know, when there's seven, 800 people, you can't touch them all. But when you speak, your words go forth, and those words go forth with the power to divide lies from truth and to bring wholeness to people. And uh, as I saw that in this place, I was just, um, it's what the word of God says. We, ha- we live in a new and living way. Everybody say new and living. I want to read to you from Hebrews. It says in Hebrews 10, and if you uh, did not, I was here on a Wednesday night and shared a message, and I encouraged everybody during this time before each Easter, read the book of Hebrews. Because Hebrews lets you know the difference between the old and the new. It tells you what you have now. Not what was, but what is. What was is great. We need to read it because our history is the foundation of what we become. And the old covenant told about Jesus, but the new covenant tells you who you are in Christ and and demonstrates for you through Jesus' life who you can be in Christ in the day we're living in. And it says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, that's all of us this morning, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest, that would be Christ, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Everybody say without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. It's his ability, his promise, his, his ability in us and his faithfulness to use that ability that he's put within us to touch our lives and others. That is what makes us different from the rest of the world, a new and living way. And I was thinking of the scripture. I love this, the story of Zacchaeus. Pastor John shared it, I think, one of the last two weeks and, and how, you know, Jesus said to him, today, I'm coming to your house. But he also said, today, salvation has come to your house, Zacchaeus. And that word salvation, you know, it's, it's more than just eternal life. It's abundant life here in the earth. And I think a lot of believers, when they get saved, uh, even get filled with the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of speaking tongues, no matter how much they have all of that, if they're not using it, if they're not living it, they really don't see the fullness of everything that we have here in the earth. We will not need deliverance in heaven. We will not need prosperity in heaven. I mean, it's all going to be there. But that's for here. And so salvation, the word salvation in the Greek means deliverance, soundness, prosperity, and general well-being. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you have all that? <laughs> you have it all, but is it operating in your life? Is it operating? And I said to Lord, the Lord, what activates it? He said, it's already activated. It's already activated. It was activated at Calvary. When Jesus said it is finished, the power was activated. Well, why are we not walking in all of that? Why do we not see all of that in our lives? Why are we not in that state where the Bible says that we have rest? You know, we have peace. Uh, You know, we walk in that strength that God has given us. Why, Why is that? And he said, because we have to get in agreement with him. In other words, we have to believe. Everybody say believe. We have to believe what's in us. And uh, I was looking at John 
chapter 8. If you want to turn there, John chapter 8. We know this scripture. Uh, Jesus is speaking. And Jesus says uh, to those Jews, it says, who believed him. Everybody say, who believed him. If you abide in my word and you are my disciples indeed, you shall know the truth. Know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Uh, I don't know about in your life, but when I received Christ and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, there were a lot of things in my life that were still chains in my life that held me in bondage. And the scripture says that Jesus came to set us free from what sin had done in our lives. And so I, I would have to say that for a few years there, I was ignorant of what I really received. I mean, I knew I was saved. I knew that word. I knew that it meant that I was going to heaven. But I did not have a full understanding of what my inheritance was in the earth. And that God had said through his word, through Christ, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And that's with no entanglements. That's with nothing holding us back from what, what God has called us to be. I love the scripture. It's in First or Second Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, it's, it's just uh, a good scripture to keep in mind in our lives because it says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. I never understood that scripture that said, you know, that the veil was torn in two. And, and I, you know, when I was first a Christian. But God began to show me when that veil was torn in two, I could go beyond the place where that stopping point was for us. I could actually touch heaven and heaven could touch me. Heaven could always get to me, but I couldn't always get to heaven. It's old covenant. You couldn't touch the mountain. You couldn't go near God because you would die because sin could not meet glory and live. But because of Christ, the veil was rent, and I walked through, and what was in me was between Christ. That mediator stood between me and what is in me that's not good, and I was fully accepted into the, into the kingdom of God in that secret place. Everybody say the secret place, the most high place, the place where the holiness and the power of God is to change and make people different. And so something different took place because of the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. And it goes on and says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Everybody say freedom. And then it goes, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. Every day, we can't see it. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where is the Holy Spirit? In us. The spirit of the Lord is in us. So every day, we are changed from glory to glory. When we look into the word, when we look into the things of God, we are changed. We are cha How many of you are a little different than you used to be? How many of you, when you got saved, you didn't instantly be different? Not on the outward, but on the inside, everything changed. That power was activated on the inside of you. And as you believe, you know, Jesus said to the man that he said that, that this boy of yours couldn't be healed because, because all who believe, all who believe, they'll see nothing that's impossible to them. Everything will be possible because they believe. And that man said, help me in my own belief. What he was saying was, I want to believe to be able to see those things. I believe that God wants us to have a revelation of his ability in us to do and be everything he called us to be. And I believe this week, these next three weeks, I believe we're going to see God great in this house. I believe people are coming from the north, south, east, and west. And they're coming 
They're running after Jesus. Where it says, run to me, that song. Uh, they're running. They are running. God said to me in the park one day that there are thousands and they're all running toward the church. You know, you don't see them outside here today. You don't see every seat filled. But there'll be a day where there'll be no seat in the house. It just happened. We'll have to give up our seats so all these other people can sit down. But when they sit down, there's got to be something in the house. Something in the house that when they sit, when they walk in, when they come into that presence, they are immediately set free in Jesus' name. Immediately. Can you feel the anointing on that song, Cover Me? See, it's a song for the house. It's a song. There's songs for the house that God puts in a house. And for that house, for the calling on that house, they work. They work when you're not even knowing they're working. They're just working in the spirit, and they're changing things. And so it's God's power, not ours, but it is us that he flows through. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Unto him who is able... Everybody say, that's him. To do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. But then now it includes us. According to the power that works in us. And then it goes on, and I love the end of it, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I'm telling you, God's going to get a whole lot of glory in what is about to take place in the earth. And everybody's going to know he was there. He walked in, and everything changed, just like in the New Testament, because that's where we live. We don't live in the Old Covenant. We live in the New, and he is going to walk into people's lives right where they are, no matter where you work, and it's not going to be you, so you don't need to be concerned. You know, when I was in Mexico, I looked out at those seven, 800 women, and I thought, oh, my goodness, and uh, it was so hot, so hot there. They told me it was because there was a full moon and a high tide, and it sent the humidity to the moon and back. And we were in a big, under a big tent. Of course, the sun shines all the time. It's beautiful. I, when I first got off the plane there years ago, I said, it looks like heaven, but it feels like hell. <laughs> that was my description. It was so hot. And so, uh, you know, I, I just poured sweat, you know. And, and, and I, was, I went over to the man and, and his wife that are in charge. And I said, you know, uh, Miss Janet Lay was with me. She, I don't know if all of you know her. She used to come here a lot. And, and uh, her husband passed here back in November, but she went with me, and uh, and I saw her. She she always dresses so cute and perfect, and I mean her jacket had come off. I mean she was sweat was pouring. We were both, and I was red as I red could be. I know because I could feel my face. And then when I went to Duane and said, I think we need to move over here where there's a little breeze. He said, I think we need to get a bucket of ice water, and we need to put a towel on your neck. I thought, oh, my goodness, I must look like I'm going down for the count <laughs> for him to say. So sure enough, I get ready to preach. Right before I go up, I got this big red towel wrapped around my neck with ice water on it trying to cool me down. And uh, as, I, as I was sitting there, I thought, oh, God, maybe I just need to tell him I can't do this. And, let, I mean, any of those women could jump up there and under the anointing take off and preach. And so I thought, I just, I just need it. And, and it was like, oh, no, 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 devil. I'm going up there. It's kind of like Esther. If I pass out, I pass out. Won't go with the message, Lord, so you better keep me standing up. (laughs) But I did it. I made it. And when I got up there, I thought, now, just be calm. Just be calm because you're too hot to do what you were going to do. Because there's this song on uh, the new Israel Houghton thing. It's a song in Spanish. And, uh, And I looked at that crowd, and 
and they introduced me, and I got up there, and I'm thinking, now just be calm. And then I went, Te amo, I love you, con todo mi corazón. And away I went, and the record started, the music started, and I mean, the whole place exploded. I was dancing and singing, and when I got all done, I thought, ooh, I hope I don't really pass out. I mean... I, the next day, my calves were so sore from jumping and singing, I walked like this into the tent. No lie. And I had to walk three steps, three flights of steps, no elevators down there. But, you know, it was worth it all to see God be God in that place. And I told him in the first service, there was this woman who looked really all put together, very put together, cute lady. And, uh, and I thought she was a pastor's wife because we had a lot of leaders there. And uh, when I gave the altar call, I just felt to give an altar call that day. And she came walking up, and I thought, oh, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought that. I thought she was, you know, someone who knew Jesus. Don't go by what you see. And uh, when I went to pray over her, I went and laid hands on all these people. I put my hand on her, began to pray that fear would be driven from her life, that those night, the nights that she lives in, in fear, that she would see Jesus there with her, and she just began to weep. I didn't know her. Come to find out, we were doing the meeting uh, on the theme, Bless Your Nation. And so we were talking about blessing Mexico and, and your life and how you can be a blessing to your nation and lead people to Jesus. And, and this woman had been sent from the government, from Oaxaca City, over to this meeting to thank Duane and Sue and, and the leaders that I was with for coming to uh, bless the nation, to taking this time to bless Mexico and pray for Mexico. And she was a government official. And they gave her the mic, and she said, I've been to a lot of meetings, but I have never been to a meeting like this. She said, I went to church, and I know who God is, but I have never been where I felt this. She said, my life has been changed. See, it, it isn't the person speak; It's the anointing of God. It, your words, your life. When you come into the room, everything changes. You may not know it. You know, I used to think people didn't like me, and it just turned out they had demons, and they didn't like the Holy Ghost in me. I thought it was me, and it was the power of God. Some people don't like you not because of you. They don't like you because of who you represent. And you don't know it, but the devil knows it. And it's just like the demons cried out at Jesus. They cry out. They don't like you. I had to get over that because that would make me shrink back. No, we're here. We're here on purpose. Amen. We have an anointing from God to do the things that God's called us to do. Now unto him who is able, him who is able. And then it's, this was what God said to me. He has already activated the power. We have, to, we have to join into that. We have to yoke up with Jesus. We have to be one with him. First of all, you have to be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you're not connected to the power source. And you will have no power against the evil that's in the earth because you have no power over the devil. That's why God sent Jesus so that we could win over the evil that's in the earth. Number two, we have to renew our mind to the word of God. Only the word of God can change us and make us who God wants us to be. And number three, we have to walk by the spirit and not the flesh. The devil is an intimidator. He will always make us think you can't do that. Why, that is foolish. Don't do that because you won't do it good enough or you won't, you, you know, you might mess up. How many of you ever heard that? You know, what if you, what if you make things worse than they already are? I used to hear that. And uh, I'm telling you, I looked at some people and thought it can't be any worse than it already is. I'm giving it a shot. Hallelujah. Nothing could be worse than this. But, you know, we're intimidated by him. We walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. And that way, what we, what we give 
It's what's on the inside of us, not what's between our ears, not what we can do with our flesh. It's what the power of God can do. And uh, as I was in the park praying for this message, um, I, I don't know why, but I just asked the Lord, what do you want to do? I always ask the Lord, you know, no matter what I'm preaching uh, or sharing, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with what I said? And uh, I felt like the Lord said, I just want you to tell them who I've made them. And then I want you to tell them, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only he can change your heart and make it whole. He'll give you peace you never knew. Sweet love and joy and heaven too. Only Jesus, only he can satisfy. And he said, I want you to pray for them that they would be satisfied with me. That satisfaction would come into their life. That's the word, satisfaction. And I looked up that word, and I had my phone, and it's to gratify to the full to be enough. And then instantly, now I did not, I, I'm, I, you know, I listen to music, but I don't remember this song. In 1985, it said, the Rolling Stones did, I can't get no satisfaction. And I thought, okay, I'll look it up. And so I looked it up. <laughs> and God began to show me. Now, you know, you say, well, this is a crazy way to get a sermon. I don't write them. I just preach what I hear. And this is what I heard. I can't get no satisfaction because I try and I try and I try and I try. I can't get no, you know, on the guitar. And then <laughs> this is what I heard. I, I played it in my car at the park. And uh, when I'm driving in my car and that man comes on the radio and he's telling me more and more about some useless information supposed to fire my imagination. I can't get no, no, I can't get no satisfaction. That's what he says. Hey, 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 that's what I say. Okay. <laughs> now, this is what I say. This is my song. The world may try to satisfy that longing in your soul. You may search the wide world over, but you'll be just as before. You'll never find true satisfaction God knows both those songs. Yeah, I'm telling you, he does. That's how personal he is. I didn't remember this. You'll never find true satisfaction until you found the Lord, for only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Take your pick. Which song do you want to be singing, sister? Amen? And God said to me, the world is not satisfied. They are hungry. They are trying to find their answers in all these things. And I'm the only answer. And I use you to show them that I'm the only answer. And so I, I immediately thought of this week. I had gone home on Wednesday night from church, and I was just sitting there in the chair. And uh, I turned on the TV, and, and uh, I, I turned on American Idol, which I don't watch, because I, I watched a little in the beginning, and they had these tryouts, and they have these, some judges that are not quite on track. With Jesus, I don't think. But I'm praying for him. And, uh, and so, you know, God could change anybody. But uh, because of the way they talk, I don't always like to hear them. But there was this man singing, Curtis Finch Jr. And when he began to sing, Pastor Bill came and sat down beside me. He said, wow, who is that guy? And he always says to me, is that good singing? And I, I said, yes, that's good singing. I mean, he liked it, but he never knows if they're really, you know, are they really good singers? I said, yes, that." That's really good. But more than that, it was the explosion that took place in there. And God showed me because one of the judges who never says really 
her words are not always what we would say in church. And so she made comments, and I tried to get it, but we couldn't get it off the Internet because they wouldn't let us copy it. So I'm just going to give you the words when it's done, but I want you to watch this video, and I want you to watch what the Holy Spirit can do in a secular environment with the anointing of God. And the reason this man is so strong and powerful is not because he's such a good singer. It's not because he picked the right song. It's because of who he knows. My people will know me, and they will do great exploits. He did a great exploit that night. He deposited in people's lives what only God can do. Let's watch. I used to think that I could not go on And life was nothing but an awful song But now I know the meaning of true love, yeah I'm leaning on the everlasting arms If I can see it, then I can do it If I just believe it, there's nothing to it Cause I believe I can fly I believe I can touch the sky I think about it every night and day Spread my wings and fly away I believe I can soar See me running through that open door I believe I can fly If I can't see it, then I can't do it. If I just believe it, there's nothing to it. Ooh, yeah. oh, I can fly, I with me this morning. I want to see some flyers. Um, you know, I, that, that lady at the end who was going like this. Now, that's the lady with the white hair and uh, Mickey, Mickey, whatever, Minaj, Minaj. I'll get it by the end of the third service. Um, but, but she was waving her hand like this. I thought she does not know what she's doing. That is the anointing of God that she is waving. Her, her mouth was going so fast. One, one of the people in the, new, in the news said she just got up and started yelling at a bunch of sermon stuff. I thought, yes, she did. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, she said. That is, this is bigger than American Idol to me. When you make people feel like they can fly, that was something that was given to you by another power. You have a calling on your life says Minaj. Curtis, I really, really hope and pray that you will make that kind of an album. This is what we need from you. This is what the people need. And she screamed. And praise God. Everybody say the anointing. 
And then she said, uh, then, then, then the Keith Urban, he's another one. He said, good and light and godly and whole. You have so much hope in you. We need that. Thank you, Curtis. And I love this. Randy, the other guy that's always been there, he finally just said, well, let's just say it. Praise God. I thought, yes, hallelujah. And then the last lady said, um, I can never think of her name. Mariah Carey. She said, that energy. I mean, I was ready to have a sermon right there in the house. I had Pastor Bill excited about it too. The, that energy that you gave off, that power, that was the anointing. And what you were feeling was what I needed in this moment right now in my life. So much bad energy for no reason at times. Every single thing you said, you made me feel like that. What did he say? You made me feel like I could fly. Jesus wants you to know you can fly. Would you bow your heads today? I believe he wants to be the satisfaction that you need. Some of you are here and you're looking for satisfaction and got to have the right job. I got to have the right place to live. I got to have the right husband. I got to have the right wife. I got to have my kids doing right. I got to have all these things and then I'll be satisfied. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Right now where you are. When I used to sing that only Jesus can satisfy my soul. I was a single mom with three kids and I didn't have hardly anything. But I had Jesus and he did something to me when I would sing that song. He changed me and he made me know that you got me, you got everything. You are satisfied. You are whole. And then in that place, you can grow. You can be who God called you to be. Today, I pray over every one of you. Just ask God right now, where is my dissatisfaction? Where am I letting dissatisfaction rule in my life? Because there's freedom in Christ today. There's freedom from those things. Because he is able. He is able. He is able to do exceeding abundantly today. According to the power that works in you. Where is that today? If you're here and you've never received Jesus. I want to pray for you today. Because God wants to turn your life around and make you fly. Make you fly out of whatever controls your life. Make you fly away from those things that have been holding you down. If that's you and you're here today and you recognize, you know, I do not know Jesus the way you're talking about. I know maybe you know he's the son of God, but you've never really given him an invitation. Take my life. Take my life, Lord, and let it be ever, ever, ever consecrated to you. Let my life be what I was called to be. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. We all want to pray with you today and agree with you that this is the day of salvation, that this is the day that Jesus steps into your house, steps into your life, steps into your situation and makes a change that no man can make for you. In Jesus' name. If you know Jesus, lift your hand right where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all say this. We're believers if our hands are up. Father, I want you to be my total satisfaction. I want to wake up every morning and in my heart know only Jesus today will satisfy my soul. I give you my days. Be glorified in them, Lord. Help me to keep my focus on you so that I can fulfill all your desires in the earth through my life. Be magnified. Be glorified. I yield everything to you. I give you permission to take over in every arena in my life. 
Now, Father, I pray over each one of them that you said, I am able to save to the uttermost. So today I ask for the uttermost in this house. I ask for the uttermost in every life. To the uttermost, Lord. Everything that's in there. To the uttermost. To the uttermost. He's doing a work right now, some of you. Some of you feel bad about things you've done and you've made mistakes. But to the uttermost today, God's going in and he's, he's pulling out all that yuck. He's taking it out right now where you stand. He's just, he's just reaching down. And he's taking his uttermost scoop and he's saying, I'm hollowing out all of that yuck. And in place of it, I'm depositing all my love. All my love. Love you didn't get from maybe somebody else. But this love, this love will keep you. This love will take you places where no other love can take you. Because he's able. Because he's able. Fill him, Lord. Fill him with your love. Fill them, Lord, to overflowing. More than enough. We ask for more than enough of you. We love you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. Every care today laid aside, every weight. I will run to you, Jesus. I will always run to you, to no other. I seal every word that you've spoken into the hearts of people today that have changed them, made a difference. And I say that they will never, never, never find any satisfaction in their life except in you. And you told me that you would become that for them today, their satisfaction. They will no longer sing that song, I can get no satisfaction. But they have found it in Christ. In Jesus' name, and everybody who believed that said, amen. Hallelujah. We'll give God some praise this morning. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus, and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.